When you need to refuel between meetings or running errands, or you just want a healthy snack that squashes your hunger, wonderful pistachios, which come in a variety of flavors and sizes, by the way, are the perfect choice to fill you up and keep you going throughout the day. Wonderful Pistachios is also a good source of protein and a zero-guilt snack. Each one-ounce serving has six grams of protein, guys, which gives you over 10% of your daily value. And with flavors like salt and pepper, sweet chili, and seasoned salt in the shelled variety, options like chili roasted, sea salt, and vinegar or jalapeno lime in the no-shell variety, you're sure to please your taste buds while snacking healthy. So check out wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more about how these little green wonders can power up your day. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. All right, who has not taken advantage of the week-free trial of the fitness app yet? Check it out. It is a one-stop shop for all your fitness, nutrition, and wellness needs. Custom meal plans, personalized workout programs, meditations, sleep programs, community support, and so much more. You can use it on any device, anywhere, any place, anytime. No equipment needed or all the equipment in the world is in there. There's yoga, there's kickboxing, there's audio-only workouts, there's HIIT training, weight loss programs, prenatal programs, anything and everything you can think of is in the fitness app. And if you go to thefitnessapp.com slash podcast deal, you can get 25% off an annual subscription for $89.99 a year. So check it out and start your free trial today. Welcome to Keeping It Real Conversations with Jillian Michaels. All right, team. Today's conversation is with Tony Robbins. I really don't feel this gentleman needs an introduction. I don't know how often I've said that. I don't know how applicable it's ever been until arguably today. Maybe it was Sanjay Gupta or uh, Lisa Lang, Susie Orman, Danica Patrick, few of those. But of the 600 shows we've done, I think maybe 10 of them have not guests have not needed introductions <laughs> uh yeah the one and only tony robbins but screw it we're gonna go all the way down the rabbit hole here number one life and business strategist peak performance expert number one new york times best-selling author multiple times over global entrepreneur and philanthropist so yeah he's uh he's a badass really an incredible incredible dude and I have never gotten to meet this guy in person, which is nuts because we have run in uh, many of the same circles. We know a lot of the same people and I've always found him to be fascinating as hell because I don't know if you guys know about Tony Robbins, but um, this guy is not just some, you know, giant, handsome white guy. Cause I think we, you know, when you, when you throw that out there, giant, handsome, white, everyone's like, Oh, he had it easy. But, but no, he, he did not have it easy. He had a really hard life, actually, which we're going to talk about in this show. Um, but he didn't just have a hard life personally. He also had, uh, I don't know if you guys know this, a brain tumor that he overcame at 19 years old. So when I say he didn't have it easy, I mean, go all the way down the rabbit hole, right? Pretty, pretty hard, hard life, this guy. And as much as I love a good rags to riches story, and you always, you know, people love that, right? The, the underdog, right? The overcomer. That doesn't often happen. My dad was asking me something about the kids the other day because there's just more shit I have to throw money at. Um, you know, this disability and that disability and this issue and that issue. And Phoenix is now dyslexic and Lou has idiot, you know, and all this stuff, thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands. and th- It's crazy. It's just bleeding money. And my dad goes, well, what does, you know, what does the kid do whose parents don't throw $7,000 for testing and $21,000 for a boot camp over the summer? I go, they fall through the cracks, dad. That's what, that, that's what happens. Mm-hmm. They fall through the cracks. Lou was getting Fs and Ds. She's in a special program now. Holy hell. The cost me, they just raised the price like 42,000 
plus a tutor, plus a psychiatrist, plus a therapist. And finally, finally, after all this money and all this effort and all this time, um, and eventually just throwing my hands up and giving it to God after all was said and done and the I's were dotted, the T's were crossed. She's getting A's and B's. Wow. But Cindy, had I not put the money into it, put the time into it, hired the professional, like done all this stuff, we would still be an F student. So she'd probably what? Never go to college. Think she's stupid. All the things that are, to be honest, yeah. she thought she yeah. was stupid and I thought she was never going to college. So I was like, well, she's just not going to go to college because I didn't go to college. Cause I had yeah, ADD yeah. wasn't, I mean, I I'm a rando. I, I made it through, but like I had severe ADD, but it was the eighties. No one knew what the fuck was going on. My parents were getting a divorce. No one knew what was going on. I was getting F's and D's and I didn't care. And I was sleeping through class and you know, normally you fall through the cracks. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, but this kid, this kid, this man, 62, this <laughs> man not only didn't fall through the cracks, not only allowed his life to fall into shambles, right? He became all the things I just said, top achiever, top this, top that, best in the world at this, this, that, the other, you know, beat cancer, all this crazy stuff that this guy did. Um, so I don't know about you, but I'm fascinated by this son of a bitch. And not only that, like, what is it that he hasn't done? Is there, you know, Susie Orman said this to me once. She goes, Jill, are you an expert expert? Like, Expert, have it all unlock, have no problems, expert, right? She goes, or are you the one that's kind of a mess and figuring it out along the way? And I was like, well, when it comes to the, the weight loss part, I'm an expert, expert, but I know what the struggles are. You know what I mean? Like I get the mm, issues with food yeah. and all of that. I was like, but in life, you know, where I touch upon the other aspects of motivation, I'm a mess. She's like, well, you know, you really kind of got to decide which one you are. And I don't give advice. Like, I'll talk about things that I'm going through, but I don't get, I don't try to give advice on parenting. I'm not a parenting expert or money. I don't know what the hell. I will bring the best people on. But Tony Robbins, like, he's that guy, right? Oh, and then I had a brain cancer, and then I get, got over and then this, and then I now I donated a million meals, and I've saved the world, and I've done this, and I achieved that, and I opened all these, and I say, and it's like, dude, does anything go wrong? Does it ever backfire? Do you fail? Because I, I want to know, do you, do you feel, do you have regrets? Like he's the expert, expert guy. Yeah. What does failure look like? Well, for Tony, Tony Robbins, Robbins, is there a chink in that armor? Um, and I'm going to tell you right now that he's written a book and here's what's so interesting for me is he's on today to talk about his new book and it's called Life Force, how new breakthroughs in precision medicine can transform the quality of your life and those you love. So I'm not, I don't want to give too much away, but you guys know, because I've talked about it now at nauseam, that I sustained a pretty serious injury. And I was like, what the hell am I going to do with this experience? Right? Like, how am I going to give back? What am I going to do? And it's fairly recent. And I haven't had a ton of time to figure it out. And I'm still kind of in the throes. I'm rehabilitated, but I mean, I'm by no means, you know, I'm very careful and cautious and sure. I'm busy, dude. I don't have time to like dig into kind of giving you know, a brand new spine. Like I don't have that story right now. I have the whole, like I'm out of pain. I'm functioning, you know, really well. I'm functioning great. I'm careful. So I don't have a whole, oh my God, now I did five back bends and a backflip on my back is better than it was before, which is a story I'd love to tell, but I don't have time to figure it out between all the other stuff I'm dealing with and my kids. I don't have the time for that. So Tony Robbins went through something really serious, which he's going to talk about. And ended up writing this book, which is exactly that. He looks at all of the most cutting edge research out there to beat disease, rehabilitate injuries, cure yourself of a host of conditions, help you be proactive in your own healthcare, help you know what doctors to seek out, help you know what to ask for that you would never know because it's so hard to figure out. Myself, I did not know. I'm still looking and I was told no stem cells, right? And then we had um, Dr. X talk about it. And I was like, shit, really? And he's like, oh, Jill, I'll send you the guy, which of course, by the way, I haven't had a chance, haven't had a chance to do it, but that's what this book is about. And I'm going to tell you right now that of all the medical professionals that I've spoken to on this show, and there've been many top of their field, incredible minds doing incredible things, this show might be one of the most fascinating 
um, when it comes to healing your body and living forever. And we're talking about Dan Buettner from the Blue Zones, Dr. William Lee, um, eat to beat disease, carrying his 80-year-old mother of cancer, Dr. Uma Naidu, dealing with depression and ADHD and anxiety with food. I mean, these are some gangsters. So to put this book in that category and then some says a lot about this man and what he does. Uh, so I'm going to stop talking and we're going to have the one, the only Tony Robbins on talking about his new book, Life Force. We'll be right back. All right, team, you know, I love Skims underwear because I've mentioned them and have been wearing them for, gosh, a little over a year now. So I finally had to try their bras and Skims has delivered yet again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give. Even the underwire bras I wear all day are so comfortable, I barely even notice I'm wearing them. Whether it's the weightless scoop bra, the fits everybody bra, the plunge bra, uh, fits everybody t-shirt bra. I always get them in sand. So you never notice them. Super comfortable. Love them. Wear them nonstop all the time. Shop Skims bras at skims.com now. Available in 62 sizes, 38 to 46 H. Plus get free shipping on orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know I sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select my show in the drop-down menu that follows. Your business was going great, but now your team is buried in manual work. If this is you, you should know these three numbers. 37,025, 37,000, that's the number of businesses which have upgraded to NetSuite by Oracle. 25, NetSuite turns 25 this year. That's 25 years of helping businesses do more with less. Close their books in days, not weeks, and drive down costs. One, because your business is one of a kind. So you get a customized solution for all of your KPIs in one efficient system with one source of truth. Manage risk, get reliable forecasts, and improve margins. Everything you need to grow all in one place. Right now, download NetSuite's popular KPI checklist designed to give you consistently excellent performance absolutely free at netsuite.com slash Jillian. That's netsuite.com slash Jillian to get your own KPI checklist. netsuite.com slash Jillian. All right, guys, I'm super excited. We are back with Tony Robbins and we are talking about his new book, Life Force, how new breakthroughs in precision medicine can transform the quality of your life and those you love. It is out now. Tony, welcome to the show. So nice to meet you. Gosh, I can't believe after all these years, you and I haven't crossed paths. We have so many mutual <laughs> friends and we both are out there on a mission to help people. So thanks for having me on. I got to be honest. I'm pretty excited. I'm a huge fan. I've read, I don't know if it's all of your books, but a heck of a lot of them. Wow. This one's just out and uh, I haven't gotten a hold of it yet. Can you tell us all a little bit about this? Because this is a bit of a departure. It's well, a little about- bit. I've, you know, I've, really, I've really been obsessed for you know, 45 years. Believe it or not, that's how long I've been doing this uh, since I was 17 years old. So for 45 years, I've looked for the answers that increase the quality of people's lives. And so it's always included the body and energy as well. And I've had to be kind of a biohacker because... You know, my basic job is getting a stadium for four days or seven days with 15,000 people and go 12, 13 hours a day. So the demands on my body are insane. You know, I had a group follow me for three years that work with a lot of Olympic athletes and they couldn't believe it. I burned 11,300 calories a day on stage in that 12, 13 hour period. I, I wore this device that measured everything They came in, of course, and did all my hormones along the way. And I also, I jump a thousand times because I don't stand on the stage. I plunge into the audience. I go up to the top yeah. of the stadium to keep people. And so if you jump a thousand times, you weigh 282 pounds. They're explaining to me every time you come down, it's four times your body weight. So imagine a thousand pounds, basically times a thousand jumps. It's a million pounds of pressure. So over the years, I've had to do things to really train my body. So I've always been on the cutting edge. But this time, I wrote this book at this time because I had a... Uh, a stupid accident that was my own fault that could have ended my career. They all told me it was going to end my career. I was following a 22-year-old snowboarder professional down the hill, and I am not a professional. And yep. I tried to do the same jumps he was doing. And when I woke up, I thought I broke my neck, but I tore my rotator cuffs so severely that it was 9-9 pain. You know, I've lived in pain before, yep. but nothing like this. Nerve pain. So what do you do? You go to your doctor immediately. And I went to four different doctors because, you know, I've read the studies at Mayo that showed that 
and you know, 12% of the time, the first and second diagnosis are the same, which means 88% of the time it's different. So they recommend you always get a second you know, opinion. So I went to four people because they all told me the same thing. Got to have surgery. And I'd say, well, what's the prognosis? Well, you may not be able to lift your arm above your shoulder. It may tear again. How long to recover? Four to six months. Months. I, yep. Like you, I work with some of the greatest athletes in the world, you know, goats in their mm-hmm. business. And I said, well, I have a lot of athlete friends. Cristiano Ronaldo, the greatest soccer player of all time, was supposed to be out for three months. He did stem cells. He was back on the field in three weeks. No, 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 they'll never work. Maybe for an elbow, nothing as severe as you. And the fourth doctor turned out was a fan of mine. So he's like, oh, my God, Tony Robbins, so good. <laughs> Saved my marriage and you made me all this money. And then he stops. <laughs> I swear to God, this is what he says, Jillian. He looks at me and goes, Thanks for hearing me, but now I got to be your doctor. And he switches mode and he goes, Here's your spine. Life as you know it is over. Oh, I shit. Said, I said, You clearly didn't go to my communication seminar. And I laughed. He goes, This is not funny. And he was so intense. And he showed me I had extreme spinal stenosis, which I've been in pain for at least 14 years, really intense pain. So I understood. But you know, somebody punches your gut, you're prepared for it. I wasn't prepared. So it took me a little hour to get my head together. I was like, okay, I'm going to find the best in the world and see what my options are. And so Peter Diamandis is a Harvard MD, but he's also a rocket science partner of mine. He's a co-author in the book. And I said, who's the best in the world in stem cells? And he said, Dr. Bob Hariri. And I met Bob. He's a neurosurgeon. He goes, no, Tony, he's the guy, that, the original guy 38 years ago that gave all rats young blood and they got younger and vice versa. And they got older. And he said, that's how stem cells were discovered. So it's kind of like saying, I want to learn about basketball. Let me introduce you to my friend, you know, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar or LeBron James or something like that. So I sit down with Bob and he says, Tony, you, you don't want your own stem cells. After 40, they drop off the cliff. He said, you need four-day-old stem cells with a force of life in them, life force. And I said, well, I don't have fetal cells. He goes, nobody does that anymore. But you got to go outside the country for this because it's more extreme. Your whole spine, your entire shoulder. And so he told me where to go. I went and did three days of treatment, which was just 20 minutes of an IV, Jillian, and a shot. That was it. Three days in a row. First day, I was tired. Second day, I had a cytokine response, but I wasn't scared. You know, kind of shaking, freezing for about 20 minutes. And then I woke up on the third morning with no pain in my shoulder or my back. And the MRI showed my shoulder is perfect. My back, no pain for the first time in 14 years. I became an evangelist. But then I discovered it's not just stem cells. You know, we all know technology is doubling every 18 months. So for the first time in human history, we're seeing these gigantic breakthroughs with the human body. And so right after I start discovering all this, I get invited by the Pope. This is the craziest story to come speak because the Pope every two years holds the largest stem cell conference in the world because it's not fetal tissue. He sees it as a gift from God. So I'm there with all these scientists. They want to be the cleanup speaker. I said, only if I can attend the full three days. So I went to every class with all these doctors. And I met people that were sent home to die who then got, you know, CAR T cells. And seven years later, they're totally healthy, you know, considered to be terminal. I mean, an 11-year-old boy that was supposed to die, he got his sister's five-year-old stem cells. And now he's 11, he was five when it happened. Now he's 11 years old and totally healthy. I met, um, you know, greatest golfer of all time, you know, Jack Nicholas, And he said he couldn't stand for more than 10 minutes. The pain was so severe. And they were going to fuse his spine. And the last minute, he someone convinced him to do stem cells. And he's 82 playing golf and tennis again. So I was like, these kind of breakthroughs, I want to share this. And so I'd written a book called Money Master the Game about five years ago. It became number one bestseller. And I thought, yeah. what I did there is I interviewed the best in the world in finance. Ray Dalio, Carl Icahn, Warren Buffett, all these guys. And I'm really good at taking complex issues and making them simple so people act on it. I believe complexity is the enemy of execution. Make it too complex, nobody does anything. So I thought, what if I interviewed 150 of the best doctors, scientists, Nobel laureates in the world, and showed people what's available? Because, Jillian, the problem is these things are here now. These aren't things I'm talking about 20 years in the future. They sound like they would be like science fiction. But some are here right now, and everything in the book is either right now or the next 36 months, so you're prepared for it. And it's wild. There's a single injection you can get now that if you have osteoarthritis, this is in its fourth, third phase at the FDA. So it has to get its final approval, but you probably know first phase is safety, second yeah. is effectiveness, third is effectiveness at scale. So they hope to be approved by January, February of this following year. One injection, it causes your own stem cells to regrow all of your tendons in 11 months. 11 months, not only do you no longer have osteoarthritis, but you have tendons based on your original DNA. So it's like 16 year old tendons. I mean, it's mind boggling what's happening. So I decided to write the book and then, you know, I'm donating 100% of the profits that I've done for my last three books. I was fed when I was a young kid when we had no food. And so I've been feeding people my whole life and I got to 42 million meals 
And then I was like, what if I fed 50 million people a year? What if I fed 100 million? What if I fed a billion over 10 years? So I'm proud to tell you, I started that in 2015 and we just hit 900 million meals. So we're gonna hit a billion meals about two years ahead of time. And so this book will add 20 million more meals to it. And then the balance of the profits are going for cancer, heart disease, and also for Alzheimer's. Um, there's so much I wanna jump on here. So I do know uh, about the food when you were a kid. And I wanna hear the story about the guy that showed up. I believe it was on Thanksgiving, but I'm gonna yes, come back to that because that's one of yes. my favorite stories that you tell. Um, but I don't know if you know this last year, I fractured my spine and herniated three discs. And no, I did not know that. And Tony, it was debilitating. I was on the floor. I thought my I life was imagine. over. I was told the same thing you were, you'll never have your old back back. And I was like, Oh my God, my whole life is over. They told me not, but I only got two opinions and they said, don't do stem cells. So now I like, I constantly, I'm very careful. I do the physical therapy, but I, I, I personally am listening to you talk and I'm thinking about all the people that have come to me and I'm like, you know, I'm waiting to learn more. I'm waiting to learn more. How many people need this book? Everyone has a story. That's like true. what happened to you or what happened to me? It's like yeah. going for my MRI. Oh God, I had this happen. I'm like, well, what did you do? Oh, I just live in pain. No, you just live, just live in pain. Yeah. Everyone is living in pain. I know. It's and I, I, you know, I kept thinking like, okay, what am I going to do with this lesson? I got to do something with it, but it hasn't revealed itself to me yet. And it's like, you did it. You did the work. You wrote the book. Well, I, I can't wait for you to read it because there are so many solutions to pain. I've been in pain most of my life. I was five, one in high school, believe it or not. I'm now six, seven. I tell people the difference is personal growth, of course, <laughs> but, but that 10 inch growth in a year, when people talk about growing pains, I know what that is. It's spasms in your legs in the middle of the night, huge. And so as a result, I was, I've always been in some form of pain. And then along the way, in order to do what I do, you know, <laughs> I'm doing, to give you an idea, I'm doing the equivalent of, I do 18 to 26 miles each day on stage. The longest day is 26 miles. So it's literally a, a marathon, a couple of marathons on a weekend. And so I had to learn ways to change. And there's so many tools. There's something called PEMF. Are you familiar with it? No, I'm not. Pulse electronic magnetic frequency. There's 3,500 medical studies on it. Uh, if you break a bone, for example, it's the first thing they use because it'll grow your bones back 50% faster. It helps uh, your nerves crack. When I was in that much pain for from the tear, I had to get on stage with oh, you know, 8,000 people. Yep. And the pain was just excruciating. So I like, I literally, I couldn't lift my arm on this side because it's so painful. So I'm like, you know, I usually clap and I go, when I do this, you clap, you know, oh, and then, you know, you know, you, you do these all the time, the same as me. So you got to meet 150, 200 people after yep. to take a picture. And, you know, I'm so big, people just jump on me and stuff. And I'm like, oh my God. But I met oh. a woman who was watching me in pain. She was, a, she was a spinal surgeon. She goes, I said, I don't want surgery. She goes, tell me what happened. I told her, she said, no, you shouldn't do that. She goes, go get a PMF machine. She goes, it may not be enough, but it'll get you out of pain for starters. And it'll start the healing process. And I got it the next day. I slept one hour that night, literally. The pain was that horrific. Yep. And I had to get back on stage. Remember, and this man. guy came and treated me I for remember. 30 minutes. And it took my 9-9 pain to about a 5. Incredible. And then eventually a 4. And then the stem cells you know, actually healed the body completely. But that's one example. There's, there's about five different scientific examples that I give in the book where you can create revolutionary change without stem cells. These are just things, applications, probably some things like you've done in order to be here right now. I can't believe mm -hmm. you're doing this. I can't imagine doing that. You're a mama too, aren't you? I am. Oh <laughs> the kids, the kids are old enough to know. Always. Luckily, they were actually helpful. My son was so cute. He was tying my shoe because I couldn't bend down oh, to tie my that's shoe. Beautiful. And he was like trying to get my suitcase up on the thing at the airport. So well, was, and, you, and you're like the most fit one on the planet. Like similarly, I got to be really fit to do what I do yeah. to go from you know, doing things people think you're a human to not being able to function. Oh my God, it'll, it'll get your full attention. But there are real answers out there. And, and you know, the problem is, Jillian, it's not that doctors uh, aren't doing their job. And the same thing with the, you know, the second opinion. It's just that medicine is that complex. And, you know, there was a study done by Harvard in 2017, and they said the half-life of a medical education today, meaning after you leave, how long is that education still useful, is 18 to 24 months. Half of it is worthless after 18, 24 months. So the reason we get things like, you know, um, people, you know, trying to get on pain using opioids is the pharmaceutical oh. salesman is the person who sells the doctor. You imagine this yes. poor doctor trying to help their patients, and now they're addicted to opioids. That wasn't the doctor. So I tell people, doctors kind of like, 
somebody who's really cares so much, they give up their own health for you. They're walking along the river and you hear somebody screaming. The doctor jumps in, saves them. Here's two more screams, jumps in, saves one, saves, here are four more screams. They don't have time to go upstream and see who's throwing them in. And so this book is from the doctors who have the time and the commitment to go upstream and see what's throwing them in, see what's changing it. Because it's crazy. Right now, it takes 17 years on average, the most recent study, to go from clinically proving something works to actually showing up in a clinician at your office. So I want to close that gap. Billionaires know about this. Some of the most wealthy people know about this. But many of these things are cost nothing. I'll give you an example. I don't know if you know anybody who's elderly and has Parkinson's where their body shakes. Absolutely. Absolutely. So Parkinson's is debilitating. It's, I, I met this woman as an example. There's this new technique. It's called Insight Tech. It's in a hundred different universities and insurance covers it, but most people never heard of it. And what they do is it's an outpatient treatment. They use mag, uh, maximum ultrasound and they find where in your brain this is going on. So I watched this woman who can't walk across the room. She can't hold a glass. She's shaking like crazy. They put her in, it takes about 45 minutes to find the spot. The treatment is 15 seconds. She gets out, walks perfectly across the room, but like her brain didn't register it. They start to hand her a glass and she hesitates. They said, no, go ahead. She reaches out, grabs the glass and drinks. Starts, you ever see anybody get those audio implants and they can hear for the first time and yes. they just cry their eyes out? This one cries her eyes out. That was two years ago when I saw that. Two months ago, she did a 50 mile bike ride. It was the same person. And it costs nothing, but people just don't know because there's so much out there. And the standard of care is what everybody gets pushed into. And the standard of care sometimes is wonderful, but sometimes it's not. That's why precision medicine is like, what do you precisely need? That's where the world is moving right now. And one of the other things I love so much about the fact that you wrote this book and that it's such a resource is, you know, I had just moved to Miami when this happened to me. In Los Angeles, I had all my doctors on lockdown. Oh, yeah. Best orthopedic yeah. surgeons, best injured, best everything. Here, I'm calling places and they're like, I'm sorry, ma'am, how long have you been in pain? I'm like, oh, dude, nine days. Holy shit, I can't get oh, off the floor. God. And they go, don't call back for six months. What? And I finally, Tony, had to pull that card where I was like, all right. I had to do the like, hey, this is Jillian Michaels. I'm calling for the head of HSS in New York. He had to make five phone calls to get someone to see me here in Miami. And I thought, if I'm Jillian Michaels and this is what I do, right? I've got the money, the knowledge, yeah. and the resource to find help. And I can't find it here in Miami. What does a person without all of that resource do. Well, that, that's what I want to do. I want to give the average person, but not just someone like you and I usually get access. We're lucky enough because we've lived long enough. We yeah. know enough people. The average person doesn't have that. So they have access. But we've built, uh, I have a partner in Dr. Bill Cap. He's an orthopedic surgeon who also has a degree, a master's degree in genetics. And, and he's just a genius of a guy. He built 12 hospitals, traditional hospitals, ran them for 15 years, and they got so fed up with the standard of care, making yep. everybody do the same thing in order to cover themselves legally. And he goes, I'm tired of disease care. So he sold them all, and he built these new centers called Fountain Life. I'm a partner with him in them. And we've got six of them across the US and Dubai, now opening one in London, a couple other places. But people go there for this type of care, the very best. For example, our center in Pittsburgh, the entire Pittsburgh Steelers team is our clients. They come in to regenerate, they come in to take peak performance, they come in because they've injured to turn it around, but they get the best of everything. I'll, I'll give you an example. I had a problem with my left ankle for 15 plus years. I was jumping one time, I came down, I broke the ankle, it healed. Oh but there was always a nerve pain there. So it's like, if I even got a massage, I'd say, don't touch that ankle because it'll be an electrical shock through my whole yes, body. Yes, totally, I mean? completely so get this, what you mean. There's this process called release that these doctors have created where they use ultrasound, and you probably know the connective tissue in your body is the most powerful tissue at all, but when it hardens or locks up, you don't get the same circulation and nerves can be trapped. So we've had tons of athletes who are told their career's over, turned around. The head of Miami University, you know, who's the head of the rehab department, I'll never run again, this is all BS. And literally they go and they scan it, it takes about 15 minutes to find the spots. They inject this amniofluid, the same fluid you and I were surrounded in as a child, as a baby, and it opens the channel up. And if there's a nerve there, I felt, heard it pop, it's totally painless. I mean, you could smack the side of my ankle now. I mean, it's like all these years and in 15 minutes the thing's done. So there are tools like that. There's brand new lasers that are extraordinary, that have the capacity to go deep inside the body and heal. There's just so many tools. But again, ignorance is not bliss. Ignorance is pain, right? So that's why sure I want to get this book out to everyone. Pain and fear. 
Um, all right, we got to take a quick break. When we come yeah. back, um, I want to hear more about you and how you became you because it yeah. was not an easy road from what I know about you. And I think it's enough a lot. I'm a fan. I told you, mini stalker. We'll be right back with Tony Robbins. The book is Life Force, How New Breakthroughs in Precision Medicine Can Transform the Quality of Your Life and Those You Love. We'll be right back. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. All right, guys, we are back um, with one of the people that I absolutely uh, admire and adore, Tony Robbins. We're talking about his new book, Life Force, How New Breakthroughs in Precision Medicine Can Transform the Quality of Your Life and Those You Love. Um, all right, Tony, you promised me I could ask you some personal questions. <laughs> and I have mentioned to you that I've always been fascinated by you. And I, I think part of the reason is it's this, oh, it's a typical rags to riches story but rags to riches is not typical. And most of the people who've been through what you've been through personally, medically, don't, don't just fall through the cracks. Things fall completely apart for them. Um, so I found the fact that you have risen to this level of excellence absolutely fascinating against all odds. Like with what tools? What were you given? Um, yeah. So can, can you tell a little bit about your story. I, I particularly love the story you tell about, I, I believe it was Thanksgiving when the guy comes yeah. to the door to yes. give you guys that meal and you had no food. Yeah. Um, I thought, start there. And then I want to hear, and then you ended up with a tumor on your pituitary. And I think you went yeah. to like a million doctors until one told you you weren't going to die. Yeah. Like, I, unless I'm getting this wrong. because no, I, I You got a good feel for it. Yeah, no, uh, I, I grew up in a pretty tough environment. Um, uh, we never had any money. There was no food at times. Uh, my mother... Uh, was a beautiful soul. She shaped my life so much I wouldn't be who I am without her. But also she abused, unfortunately, alcohol and prescription drugs. And when she did that, she got a little crazy. So I really became a practical psychologist as a little boy. I had to, because I have a younger brother, younger sister, and I had to keep her managed. And, um, you know, if she'd been the mom I wish she'd be, I wouldn't be the man I'm proud to be, truthfully. I had to grow and expand as a result. So I have nothing but love for her. She's since passed. I never talked about it when she was alive, of course. And I didn't even talk about it after she passed until I met a group of young kids, all from single moms in a really rough environment in New York. And they looked at me as this tall white guy who, you know, obviously somewhat successful. And so I told them the whole story, you know, the smashing head against the wall, the being liquid soap poured to my folks. She thought I was lying and I wasn't throwing up. And, you know, then I realized I could reach them as a result. But it was a, it was a tough background. And my mom, I had four different fathers. And my mom just kept changing and my father's never did really well. So some part of me said, I got to do well financially. And then it was 
hit harder when I was 11. We had no money and no food. It was Thanksgiving. And we had times like we never starved. We have saltine crackers and we get peanut butter or something like that would be our meal. But, you know, it's pretty, it feels kind of depressing. And my fourth father was there and he was, my mom was saying things to him, you know, because she was so angry that you can't take back. He was saying things to her. And then what changed my life is a knock at the door. And I go there and there's this tall guy standing there with two giant bags of groceries in his hands. And then beside him on the ground, he'd set a uncooked turkey, like a frozen turkey in a, in a cooking pan. And he said, is your father here? And I was like, just one moment. And I went to go get my dad and they're yelling. My mom was behind the door and they're yelling through the door. And, and I said, dad, there's somebody here for you. He goes, you answer. I said, I did, it's for you. He goes, what do you want? I go, I don't know. He said, it's important. Cause I just couldn't wait to see my dad. I thought this is gonna change it all. And sure enough, my dad opens the door and he was not happy. He said, we don't accept charity. And he went to slam the door in the man's face. And the guy got a little bit upset, but he kept his cool. But then he saw me and he said, so I thought my dad was going to kill him. He saw me, he pointed at me and he goes, sir, don't let your family suffer because of your ego. Oh my God, my, the veins in the side of my father's face. I see like it was yesterday. I thought he was going to kill the guy. There was this long moment. He took the food, slammed the door, didn't say thank you. And I couldn't believe it. I was shocked. And I was sad because I wanted my dad to be so happy. We're going to have Thanksgiving, you know, and, and it taught me something that shaped my life later on in my life. It taught me that what we focus on controls our life and the meaning we give it. It's like there's three decisions people make. We all decide what to focus on. And most people do that unconsciously. So you can focus on what's missing or you can focus on what you have. If you constantly focus on what's missing, of course, you're going to be unhappy. You know, you can focus on what you can control or what you can't control. Most people focus on what you can't control. You can focus on the past, the present, or the future. We all do all three, but where do you spend more of your time? So imagine if you're always focusing on what you can't control, what's missing from your life. And guess what? Most achievers do that, Jillian. The people you and I work with, because it's never enough. Because they're always I've been guilty of that. That's what, I listened to your story and it made me stop doing that because I always do that. This is what I didn't achieve. I used to too this is where I didn't get to. This is what I, this is what's missing that I, right. I should have done and didn't do. And this is one of the things about this story that I love so much. But you get, you get momentum when you focus on what you have and what you can control. You can't control a lot of things, but you can. And instead of focusing on the passion, you can't control taking the moment and plan for the future, right? So I've, I've asked people in seminars all the time, you know, 15,000 people in a stadium, how many of you know someone who takes antidepressants and they're still depressed? And they usually get 80, 85% of the people raise their hand because the antidepressants just numb you. They don't deal with the cause. The source of it is you're constantly looking for something that's missing, right? So when I learned that, I saw, look, I'm focused on, you know, I even figured out that day. I figured out years later, trying to figure out what happened to my dad because you know, he focused, I know, because he talked about it constantly, how he'd not taken care of his family. Of course, my mom reinforced it. And then the meaning for him, and that's the most important thing. So what's the meaning? Is this the end of the beginning? Are you being punished by God or is God challenging you? Whatever meaning you get creates your emotion and controls your decisions. And my dad's meaning was he was worthless. So he left our family shortly thereafter. And it was the most painful experience of my life at that time. But because of it, I decided even then, like someday I'm going to give back. So when I was 17, I've had two families and then four the next year and eight. Then I have a little company. And then I got to, you know, I had 42 million people up until 2014. I found out the total number. I didn't know what it was. And I was like, I was writing this financial book and I'm interviewing these billionaires while I'm watching Congress cut food stamps. It's now called the SNAP program by $6 billion, which means every family that needs food would have to give up a week's worth of food each month unless you and I stepped in as a private sector. And so I said, well, what if I fed 50 million people in a year, what I did in my whole life? And I got excited, what if it was 100 million people? And then I thought, what if I fed a billion people over 10 years? And I'm proud to tell you, I started in 2015. Uh, yesterday, I got the notice we're at 900 million meals. We're two years ahead of schedule. So that was a giant shaping of my life and understanding how to take control of those decisions in my mind and drove me. I would always love people, but it drove me, I think, at a completely different level. And then I became like, I became Mr. Solution in school. You know, I, I wanted to, I was an avid reader. I took a speed reading course. And I thought I want to read everything about philosophy and psychology and physiology, anything that changed the quality of life because I wanted to help people. I want to help myself. Started with like helping my friends that were overweight and I was overweight. I lost all this weight and they're like, how'd you do it? And girls paid attention, which for boys is extremely important, obviously. <laughs> and, uh, and so then, you know, all of a sudden, I, you know, I'm, I'm I want to read a book a day. I didn't do that, Jillian, but I read 700 books in seven years. And I really, I was Mr. Solution. You had a problem with a solution, especially if you're a girl. I was highly motivated to help even more. But I really, truly 
from that, you know, I then started at some point, I went to work for a man named Jim Rohn, a personal development speaker, and I worked through his company and became the top person. And then I broke off with his support and started my own company. And then gradually, I started working with some of the greatest athletes in the world. I started working with everybody from Mother Teresa to Nelson Mandela. And, and they, you know, just grew and grew and grew. And now, then I got into running businesses. So now I have 105 companies. We do about 7 billion in sales across everything from AI, you know, to stem cells, to education. And so it's been an evolution of constantly seeing how do you solve what's in front of you? How do you find something to serve greater than yourself? I think that that's the most important lesson in life is you found it. I found it. I found my calling. I'm not here to do this. I've done it when it's hard. I've done it when I'm broke. I did it when I was ill. But right. it's like, it's my calling. And it was for you too, or you wouldn't be who you are. And so most people haven't found something they care about more than themselves, whether it's their children or whether it's their family or their community or some issue with, with society. I think when you find it, there's a release of energy that's extraordinary. You know, you, you talk about focusing on what you don't have. When we get injured or we're overweight, yeah. um, it's, I can't lose weight, I can't do it. I'm injured, I don't have my health. I'm I'm crippled, I'm not capable. And this book is obviously solutions that you're handing people, you're literally yeah. spoon feeding them solutions. But, you know, it, it reminds me of, of a story that I, I mentioned that I know about you where you got brain cancer. Yeah. Most people with a brain tumor who were told they were going to die would die. So I'm, I'm curious, can you tell us that story? What were the sure. odds of you sure. surviving? Because if someone told me I had brain cancer as me now, I would shit myself with terror. Well, I don't know. I, how I, did, I, I would, I'd be lying to think I was, oh, I'm so confident. I, was, I wasn't that way at <laughs> it's gonna all. It's going to be fine. But, Nothing. But I was, <laughs> I'll tell you what prepared me when I was really young, I became successful, you know, in, in business and life terms at a very early age. And but I had this thing that, you know, I worked my guts out like you, right? I helped everybody I possibly could. It wasn't it was a mission for me. It wasn't a business for me. And so as a result, I prospered. The media covered me. They expanded my reach around the world. And so by the time I was just, you know, ending my 19th year, about to be 20, you know, I, I had a lot of momentum. And then my brain started going, well, why are you so successful at so young age? Like nobody I knew was, nobody in my family was. It's like, because you're going to die young. That's just what the crazy oh. brain in us do. I don't know if you've ever had that part of your brain. That, oh, like, yeah. You're going to pay for this. Brain, right? I've had that you're going to pay for this. Like, because I was actually had an opposite childhood to yours where my parents had money. And I was like, why do I, why does my family have money? And people like Tony have oh, no wow. food. Oh, I'm going to get stabbed in a parking lot when I'm older. I'm going to pay for this. Oh, I, no, oh yeah. Lot. I swear to God, I used oh, to think no. that as a kid. <laughs> it's the survival brain, right? And if you don't take control of it, it was designed to make you survive, right? When there's a saber-toothed tiger, but now there isn't one. So that two million-year-old part of your brain still looks for what's wrong if you don't condition yes. it. It's always looking, oh, my God, people going to survival. But what do people think about me in social media? You know, or how am I going to survive when if you live in America, listen, I... You know, I feed 100 million people a year here. So I believe in taking care of people. But if you live in America, you're not going to starve because we have tools at the lowest level. I don't want to be live at that level, but you're living better than 95% of the planet that lives on three bucks a day, right? That's just yeah. how it really is. But anyway, yep. the point is, uh, so when I started having this, you know, if you keep focusing on something, it shows up. Well, first, it didn't show up with me. I'm 19, almost 20, and my girlfriend comes home crying uncontrollably. I can't even get her to tell me she's sobbing so hard. It's my mom, my mom, my mom has cancer. And it was like, boom, oh my God. But you know what's great about it, Jillian? It's pr probably true for you too, especially as a mom. And I'm, you know, I'm, I've got five kids and five grandkids. It's like, there's some, you'll do more for others than you'll ever do for yourself. And so when I heard this, it's like, don't you, don't you accept that? They gave her nine weeks to live. She had tumor in her female organs and she had a tumor on the back of her shoulder here. And, and, I, and it's, so they're just giving up. And I said, this is ridiculous. There are tens of thousands of people have had remissions and I'm going to find out what they do. Like success leaves clues. Let's not study the failures, the people that couldn't figure it out. Let's figure out the people that did. And so I started reading books like crazy. And then I came across a book called One Answer to Cancer. I wouldn't recommend it today as the best book. It was the best for me at that point. And it was about this uh, dentist who was given 10 weeks to live. He had um, uh, cancer and, and pancreatic cancer, which is the most severe. Most oh, that's, yeah, absolutely. And he's alive today. This was like 20 years later, he wrote this book and he showed how he cleansed his body and gave pancreatic enzymes. And so I brought it to her mom. Her name's Jenny and she was 40 at the time. And I said, Jenny, I said, the, the time you're gonna die, I don't think you wanna die. I can't guarantee you anything, but 
why don't you try this? And then it gave her thinking, uh, you know, as a man thinketh to kind of work on her mind as well, because we both know the mind and body are connected. And she went for it, man. She she went for it full tilt. You know, we didn't notice anything for the first week, but the second week she started feeling better and better. Third week, by the fourth week, we couldn't see anything on the back of her shoulder. Nothing was protruding anymore. And by the time she got to 10 weeks, which is past the time they thought she'd live, the doctor said, well, maybe we should do exploratory surgery. So she comes to me at 19 and says, should I do this surgery? I'm like, I'm a kid. Oh my God. I, you, what you die? I said, but if it was me, you made so much progress, I'd wait. But they convinced her. They went in and all they found, Jillian, was something the size of the end of my, my pinky's fingernail size left in her whole body. And the doctor said, this is a miracle. It's spontaneous remission. And she said, well, let me tell you what I did. And he goes, no, 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 this is a miracle. This just is a miracle. And he goes, she said, yes, I know it's a miracle. Let me tell you what I did. So she's now 80 years old, still alive. And she changed my life because she took the fear out of me. So when one day I'm a helicopter pilot and you have to renew your license every year and you have to get another physical every two years. So I went to get a normal physical and you know I'm leaving to go to the south of France the next day and I keep getting these messages from my assistant saying the doctor says he needs to talk to you. It's a basic physical, there's nothing wrong with me. So I said, tell the doctor to send me the report. And then I get home that night, it's the night before I'm supposed to leave and it's you know midnight and there's a note taped to my door and it says to my assistant, you must call the doctor tonight. He says, it's an emergency. So, you know, what happens in your head? Well, I called, of course, and meanwhile, I'm like, could I have cancer? I eat well, I take care of myself, but I am on planes constantly. Is it too much radiation? You know, your mind goes crazy. And then, and then, he, then you know, his answering service, the answering service answers the phone, and they didn't, they, he wasn't there. So I swore to myself, one thing at that stage I've learned, I learned how to control my mind a little bit. I was like, okay, a courageous man dies one life. A coward dies a thousand times. I'm going to wait to find out what's going on. So I woke up the next morning, and sure enough, Doc says, you have a tumor, you have a pituitary tumor at the base of your brain, and we need to operate immediately. It's like, wait a second. I came into you for a normal physical. I have no symptoms of anything. He goes, yes, but I, I did some special tests I didn't mention to you, and you have, a, you have an enormous amount of growth hormone in your body. Oh, how'd you figure that out? Hands bigger than your head, size 16 <laughs> shoes, six, seven. I grew 10 inches in a year. And he goes, it's not funny. He said, you got to hear me. He said, you've got to come in. I said, well, how would you know that from a blood test? He goes, I'm just telling you. I said, explain the test. He goes, it's really complex. I said, I'm not a dumb person. Explain it to me. He goes, well, I don't fully understand the test, but I know the results. So we kind of clashed. I was also young and stage of my life. And I was like, you know, I, I wasn't ready to listen. I was just mad. And he goes, you're in denial. I said, no, I'm not in denial, but I want a second opinion. Who would you recommend? He goes, I'm not going to recommend anybody. You figure that on your own. So oh, I said, Jesus. I, I got on the plane. I flew to the south of France. I'm going to do this seminar. And nothing shakes it, you know, all week long. I'm like, am I going to die? Yeah. So I did some prayers and I came home and I, and I went and did the MRI. And sure enough, I could see the guy's face when I was coming out. I knew it was there. And I had this tumor at the base of my pituitary. Oh my and long, long story shortened, it infarct, which means it swallowed a good portion of itself up. They can't explain how. It's like it exploded out, made me huge, <laughs> and then shrunk back. But it's still there and he wanted to do the surgery. And I was like, let me let me try somebody else. So I went to a doctor in Boston, you know, who is a neurologist. And I was like, tell me what you think. He looks and he tests. He goes, I would never do surgery. He said, because the surgery, you could die and it'll cut off your energy. He said, but there's a drug you can go to Switzerland to take twice a year and it'll help you. I said, well, how would it help me? I said, my arteries are fine. All the things that are supposed to be fine are fine. Because yeah, just to be certain, I said, well, the price of certainty is what does that drug do? And ironically, six months later, the FDA in the United States, it never got to the U.S. because it caused cancer. So I missed a bullet. So I kept doctor at doctor. And the end of the story is I got to seven doctors. So I got a doctor that said, Tony, you have an enormous amount of growth hormone. But he said, Tony, I know bodybuilders would spend $1,000, $1,200 a month for the amount <laughs> you're getting for free. He said, as long as you monitor it, I think you're okay. So I have a monitor. That was when I was 32. I'm now 62. I've never had any problem. It doesn't mean I won't someday. But imagine what my life would have been like if I'd cut or if I'd done that. So it, it taught me to question and it set me on a, um, a journey of really focusing on health and being a biohacker for the rest of my life. I want to know, I, you, your story is like we talked about, it's unusual, obviously. Um, your level <laughs> yeah. of success is unusual, obviously. Uh, I listen to you and it's like hearing about a magician, right? Like, oh, I had brain can, that's gone. And then they did this and then I fixed that. And then I coached the best people in the world and I did all this. It's like, all right, shit. It's, you know, it's like, it's a movie. Um, is there, what part of you is human? 
is there a part of you that does think like, oh, honestly, like, all right, I fucked that. I didn't get that. I, I should have, I should have achieved that. And I didn't, I didn't achieve it. I, oh, of course. I, I like, what part do, do, do you, like, do where you, is that part of you? Do I want to know. I tell you, it's uh, every birthday from the time I was probably 40 till finally 60, I would always think I'm not done enough. I don't, millions of people, I was like, I'm not done enough. I don't know, somewhere inside, it's like, you know, life is short and I gotta change the world. That's just a, it's a, I, I'm appreciative for the drive. You have it too. It's one of the reasons I've respected and been awed by you, not just a fan of you, but awed by your absolute drive and your caring. I mean, when you take those people, you know, massively overweight on The Biggest Loser and the level of care that you have them, even though you brought intensity, you could feel your care. I was like, that girl's a sister of mine you know, on the path. But, but for me, it's just been, I, you know, now I finally am in a different place that I wake up in the morning and I know millions of people's lives have been changed today, just like you. And you got what, eight books, you know, you've got all your videos, best-selling videos of all time, if I remember right. I mean, the people every day are being changed by you, even when you're sleeping. And I finally let that get in. But no, I failed at so many things. I just don't focus on failure. I just learn from it. And I don't stay there. You know, I just immediately go, if I learn from it, it's the greatest gift in the world. I'm not sure you've had many experiences in your life, many of your listeners or viewers, have something that's happened in their life that was horrible. You never want to go through it again. You never want anybody you care about to go through it. But you look back 10 years later, you go, man, thank God, thank you, God, because that made me so much stronger. It made me care more. And I just look at life that way. And then I still have the sense that life is brief. I mean, <laughs> I have a 48-year-old daughter and I have a one-year-old daughter, thanks to COVID. So it's like, <laughs> Such a range. It's like I gotta live a long time, so I got even more reasons to take care of myself. <laughs> this book is full of answers for me too. <laughs> What's next? Is there, I mean, more of the same? Is there something you haven't done that you want to do, or is it just like I'm just going to keep, you know, one athlete at a time, one business professional at a time, one disease at a time, just conquering? Or is there a totally separate category you want to master? What's next for Tony Robbins? Well, I have so, I mean, I have so many things, I have so many companies and things. I really, I really want to help increase the quality of life of people worldwide. So, you know, I'm, I'm just closing in on the billion meals. So I'm starting a new piece. It's an X prize. And I got the government of the UAE to partner with me. I know the leaders there at the top. And so we're going to create a prize. Uh, we created a $25 million prize for people to compete to create the solution for an ongoing, the billion and a half people right now around the world that can't be fed, not just a billion meals. So that's a huge piece for me. You know, I've, I, I go to India and I see these children dying of waterborne disease and it just crushes your heart. And when the solution is simple, it's fresh water. So now I provide a quarter of a million people a day with fresh water. I want to get it to a million. You know, I, I'm fortunate enough to have my private plane, although never use it anymore since COVID. But, uh, you know, I used to go to, you know, 115 cities in a year, usually 12 to 15 countries and push and push and push. So I said, you know, I want to be conscious about my footprint. And so it's 3,000 trees. So I planted 71 million trees and I went and, you know, uh, invested down in Brazil to help the rainforest. You know, so I did those pieces. You know, I look at uh, kids. Uh, one of the things that no one likes to talk about that I hate that makes me insane is our children being kidnapped and enslaved. And so I work with Underground Railroad and several other organizations that have helped to fund the saving of 20,000 children. So from sexual slavery. So it's like, I have all these, most of my goals today, quite frankly, are not business goals. My business is I love the challenge of figuring out new companies and impact and everything I do is something that I think can really change the quality of life. But then I've used that to fund uh, all these philanthropic pieces that I wanna do while I'm here. You know, all my money will be gone. I'm keeping a little bit for my kids, but I, I don't want them to be spoiled. So the balance will all be gone, but I wanna give a lie while I'm here and I'm having the chance to do that and see the impact of these things. And so to me, that's what life's about. I, um, kind of a, a deeper personal question. And I know I've overkept you here, but I listened to you talk about saving the world. You're literally saving the world. Well, I wouldn't say I'm saving the world. I don't, You're I don't working have those on kinds it. Of delusions. I'm just trying no, to do no. my part. Just trying to do my but, part. But, but that's know? way more than, than the average person could do or the average person who has the means to do does. So it's, it's almost, it's compulsive, right? It's like a billion meals and a, and a gazillion trees and the kids over here and the, this over there. Do you think that the part of you that is is compelled in that way is the part of you that couldn't save your mom? I mean, I, I just, I listened to this and I'm like, all right, this yeah. is a man that is like fighting something, every yeah. evil in the world at every corner. Is, is this the, that part of you that's like, I couldn't save like that one person that arguably mattered the most? 
Yeah, I think I don't think um, I don't think I, I don't have a guilt thinking that I should have been able to do that at you know 15 years old or 11 years old that type I mean, of thing. But I'm sure my desire to help is because I've suffered and I watched her suffer, and it was she's a good woman. I watched my father suffer. You know, they didn't understand financials. You know, it's like I remember I asked Jim Rohn one time, my original teacher, and I said, I have four fathers. They were always broke. They were good people. They lost their jobs. I, Why is that? And he said, Tony, he taught me something. When I was only 17. I never forgot it. He said, we're all equal as souls, but we're not equal in the marketplace. And he said, your fathers did not continue to grow and they didn't become more valuable. He goes, you know, because I was saying it's so unfair that a teacher earns, you know, that in those days of like 40,000 a year or something like that when I was talking to him. And there's some of the guy who makes a billion dollars a year in the financial markets. I mean, that's so unfair. And he goes, Tony, is it? He said that teacher's doing beautiful work for 30 children. That person who generated a billion dollars in their own income generated $20 billion for their investors, which is families, which is people's retirements and so forth. He said, you are paid, not always, but you're paid in proportion to the value add. He goes, you need to obsess about how to add more value to other people he said, if you do that, you're going to have not only will you do well financially, you'll have a meaningful life. And I learned that lesson at 17. I never forgot it. So in all my companies, it's all about how do we do more for others than anybody else in the industry? Not how do we crimp here or make a dollar there? And, you know, a lot of my businesses could have been more profitable, but, I, you know, I've enjoyed the impact of all that. So I don't think it's just my mom. I think it's, you know, before anything happened with my mom, I just, um, my mom used to tell the story. Maybe this will be insightful. Uh, when I was four years old, we lived in uh, in the hood in, in LA, pretty rough neighborhood. And we lived on a commercial street and there was right next door to us was a like a liquor store. And my mom sent me she, to, according to her, to go get milk and bread. I don't remember this, honestly, but she told the story many times while she was alive. And she goes, because people say, How, has he always been this way? So I sent her for milk and bread. See, he was gone for 40 minutes. It's right next door. I was starting to panic. Something happened to him. She was pregnant with my, my, my brother at the time. And I guess I came back with no milk and bread. She said, where's the milk and bread? I said, well, there was a poor boy there. So I was talking to him and I gave him our money. She goes, we're poor. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so, so I think everybody has like certain things you develop. And there's some things I think you're born with. And my love of people is the driving force. I have so much, you know, lack of a better word, empathy. And I, I feel their pain. And so, but the difference is I used to just cry with them and now I have tools where I can help them. And I wrote this book, not just for the people reading it, but for the people they love. You know, that's part of the subtitle because it's the truth. It's like, I get a call at this stage of my life. I know so many people like you, Jillian, but you know, at least three times a month, someone calls me and some of their family has cancer or they've had a stroke or they got you know, Alzheimer's. And so I was like, I wrote this book also to say, I want to find the best answers alive so I can hand this to them and they can go to those people and get the answers. Because it's like everything, not every, uh, trainers, there's a million trainers, but no, dis no, no disrespect to the other no. ones and not blowing smoke at you. I mean, you've proven you're, you're 100 notches above, right? Because you can get results where no one else could. So it's like, I want people to know those doctors. I want them to have access to that, or at least know what's available. So when the challenge hits, you're ready. So this is a book really that well, blow your mind because it's the stories of all these doctors, by the way, almost every one of them that's had a breakthrough. They did it because they lost a husband or a wife or a child or a really close patient. So like, for example, you know, my fear of cancer. Today, there's some new tests. There's one come out last six months called Grail. It's unbelievable. This is a, a guy who was a CEO or top guy at Google. And, you know, he broke off and gone Google X, their investment group, really smart man. His wife gets cancer. It's diagnosed late. This is important for people to know. Natural Cancer Society says that if you di get diagnosed at stage three or four, you have an 80% chance of dying. I prefer the 20% chance of living, but their point is well made. It's harder to turn around. But if you catch yep. it at stage one or two, then you have an 88 to 99.9% .9 chance of living. So this test, now, the, 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 te the ones that we get late, we don't have tests for. So women do mammograms, we do colonoscopies. But there's so many cancers we don't. So it tests for 50 different cancers. So one little blood test, and it'll show up before you have any symptoms. So we had a, a, a man come in just recently, about four months ago, five months ago, and he came to one of our Fountain Life Centers, and his wife wanted him to do all the tests we have. And he's like, I already done my physical. I did my urinalysis. And we said, well, let's do this little grail test for you. Guy had bladder cancer. But here's what's so cool. Stage one, captured it, 20-minute out pacing procedure, and he's totally fine. Heart disease is another example. I got this call from Bill Cap. Bill Cap is the opposite of me. He's a brilliant physician and 
he, he talks very quietly and slowly. So he and I are like, <laughs> I'm out here like this, you know. And he called me in his quiet little voice. We got to lean forward. And he says, you know, Tony, I'm calling because I think, I don't want to overstate, but I think I may have come across one of the greatest breakthroughs in cardiology of the last 10 years. He said, we have first <laughs> access. It's called a CCTA scan. I said, what is it? You no. Know? He goes, well, you know, you got a CT scan before. He said, yeah, they're really hard to be able to diagnose from because it goes in and it's really gray, hard to read. And what you're looking for is basically the, the calcium that it's, it's not calcified, right? You're looking for that flimsy stuff that breaks off and that'll give you a, what's called the Widowmaker, make you a heart attack or give you a, a, you know, a, a brain hemorrhage. And I said, yeah, and he goes, well, there's this new thing, CCTA. And what it does is it takes a normal CT scan and uses this new digital AI technology, it opens every single artery and goes in and says, is there soft plaque here? Or is this hard calcified? It's hard calcified, you're totally fine and healed. But if it's soft plaque, it can break off. And it gives you a score, it can predict a heart attack five years in advance, and it tells you what to do. So my father-in-law was with me, he just turned 80, and he's just a beautiful man. So I said, I'm coming. So I tell my father-in-law, he's here visiting, my daughter was just born. And I said, Pops, he's 80. And he's, he was a, like a lumberjack. He owned his business, self-made man, physically strong. But when you get around 80, people around you start saying, you gotta arrange your affairs and stuff. And I could just watch the energy drop the last couple of years. So I pops, I said, why don't we go? It's right here in Florida, right? You know, down here in Naples. Let's just pop over there. I'm gonna do the test. You do it too. We're probably old enough, both of us have some soft plaques. We'll know where they are. We'll know what to do. And then we can deal with it. He goes, okay. So I take him down there. and. Here's the punchline of the story. My father-in-law is perfect. He's like a 25-year-old heart. Anything he has is all calcified. I'm doing really great, but not even as good as he is. He's like, and when he gets it, he's a different man. So then I told you about this thing I did on my ankle, right? So this release process. So I said to the doc, I said to him, what else makes you feel old? He goes, well, no, I can't walk right because my hip. So they went in there, spent 30 minutes, scanned him, found the problem, opened it up. Now he's walking perfectly. So we get on the plane, Jillian. I'll never forget this moment. He crosses his arms like this, looks across at me, and we're just taking off. He goes, you know, Tony, you know, because I've introduced him to some of these top doctors. You know, these doctors that talk about living to 120 and things like that. I don't buy that BS, but I think I could live another 20 years. My heart is strong. <laughs> he goes, I'm walking perfectly. You've only been married to my daughter 22 years. He goes, this is amazing. So it's like, it's so cool to see today the types of tools that are available. But if you go get a physical and they put a stethoscope on you and they just do your basic blood and they look yeah. in your ear and they listen to your chest and make you cough. I mean, that's from 80 years ago. You Worthless. You phone from 10 years ago, right? Worthless. I get in these arguments, people are like, oh, you could be healthy at any size. I'm like, what are the biomarkers that exactly you're checking right. to make that determination? Three? Oh, you don't have diabetes yet? Oh, you're perfectly healthy. Bullshit. That's you right. You don't even know. There's a whole bunch of stuff you don't know because you're not doing the tests. That's but right. people don't know to do the tests. They don't know what tests to ask for. They don't know what doctors to see. And like you said, they're not all created equal. And, and you, I got and you just said something I want to mention too, just because I know we're going to go shortly. Yeah. Diabetes, because it's out of control in this country, right? Type 2 diabetes. Type 2 diabetes is... It, it is a real storm that's hitting, hitting our country. And COVID, as I'm sure you know, you know, the number one factor beyond age was being obese. And no obese. one talks about it, right? I do. The number one factor, right? Because, because of diabetes <laughs> and everything else. And if you talked about yeah. it, people got really upset with you. Yep. It's like, why would you not work on the immune system? But here's what you need to know about diabetes if you're listening. Most doctors, they're totally well-meaning and they want to manage your diabetes. That is total bullshit. The Lancet proved beyond a shadow of a doubt, anyone with type 2 diabetes can wipe it out. It's, yep. it's liver fat that keeps you from being able to do pancreas work properly. If you lose 22 pounds and keep it off for two years, you can take diabetes and put in complete remission. It's been proven again and again. By the way, there's a new little uh, uh, device that's come out approved by the FDA, and it's made of nothing but cucumbers. There have been all these things that used to disrupt your stomach to make you not digest. This, you just take this cucumber, you drink water, fills up your stomach. The average person, according to the FDA, loses 22 pounds exactly. So, I mean, it's like, this doesn't have to be hard. You can have your life back. You don't have to be worried about losing your eyesight or losing an appendage or just having the quality of your life, you know, continually go down. You can transform it. I got to tell you, I've had the luxury on the show of interviewing some of the best doctors, best medical researchers, and never did I anticipate that you would be one 
best shows on medicine of any of the 600 shows that I've well, had. Not, well, none of this, I want people to know, none of this is my opinion. I did this by going of 150 of the I best doctors on the planet. It's there showing you what's there and it's all documented. That's the best part. So it's not some hopeful, positive thinking stuff. It's proven by science. You're every bit as magnificent as uh, as I had thought. I'm, <laughs> so seriously, I hope to meet you in person one day and your newborn and your father-in-law and the wife. And um, the book, Life Force, How New Breakthroughs in Precision Medicine Can Transform the Quality of Your Life and Those You Love Out Now. Get it? I'm going to devour it and see what I can do about my back. I cannot wait. Um, follow awesome. up with me and I will hook you up with I some of those doctors directly. You'll, I'll, I'll make sure your team has my number. Thank you so much, Tony. I appreciate it. You're fantastic. Thank you. Thank you so much. Really blessing to be with you. All right, guys, we want you to subscribe to the podcast so you can stay up to date with our life-changing and life-saving information. So on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you're listening, click that subscribe button.